Hey guys, and welcome to today's live stream. We're gonna be talking all about when should you incorporate rest days when we're talking about back pain rehab. So if you're going through a rehabilitation program for your back pain, how and when and why should and shouldn't we be using rest days to improve our recovery? And how can it get in the way as well if we're doing too many rest days or using them in an inappropriate manner? So hopefully you guys are gonna find this really, really helpful. As always, if you're new to the channel, please do consider subscribing. We do these live streams every single weekday and today's going to be no different. At the end, we'll have the Q Q&A with Lara the other side of the camera. We'll go through those questions and hopefully give you guys some really helpful guidance on this topic and other things related to back pain. So with that being said, let's get it into today's live stream. Okay, so guys, I've got a few little bits written on the board behind us, a few talking points here, but um, rest days is something that really can be incorporated and needs to be incorporated in the latter stages of rehab, but I wanted to break things down and, and really go from, from, from starting point. And if for, for your reference, if you're not part of our Backing Shape group, then rehab is really broken down into a few phases. The first part is that relief-based rehab that we're doing. We call this phase one. So that's those first simplistic exercises that aren't really strengthening, but they're maybe movements or little stretches that can help take pressure off certain structures in the lower back uh, to make sure that you're not making the problem worse and also unload your spine so it can more effectively heal and get the respite it needs. And these would be those relief-based exercises. The second part of that same segment, that same phase one, is skill-based exercises. And this may be learning to engage the core muscles. And both of these, there's no need whatsoever to have any sort of rest days at this stage of recovery. Basically that what you're saying by taking a rest day at this point is I'm going to spend a day not doing anything good for my back and only doing the bad activities, the day in day out activities that I do, which are actually worsening the problem. So when it comes to relief-based phase one exercises, those need to be done day in, day out. And if you're suffering with back pain, those should be continued through uh, the what we would call phase two and phase three, which is when we start to incorporate strengthening exercises. So no rest days needed when we're talking about those relief and skill-based exercises because those are there to really help move us towards the point where we can start doing some of those strengthening exercises. So very, very important takeaway because sometimes we do get that question asked. Now, the second part is gonna be those strengthening activities. So with a lot of, in a lot of cases of back pain, we've got inefficiencies in the muscles, we've got bad movement patterns, we've got just general weakness that is not allowing our body to effectively protect and support that lumbar spine. And that's why things have become uh, injured, why things have gotten worse over a period of time, why we've got repetitive stress leading to that disc bulge or those disc injuries at L5-S1 or L4-5, why we have back pain in the first place. And there's no getting around it. We have to do strengthening as part of our rehab, whether patients are coming in to see us in the clinic um, and we're doing some treatment or whether they're part of the Backing Shape membership group and doing their rehab at home without any treatment. There is no getting around the fact that you have to do those strengthening exercises to build things back up because most of most cases, the overwhelming majority, that back pain has come on slowly or built up slowly over a period of time. And in many cases, it started off as maybe a bit of an ache and become something that's much more debilitating over time, or you're on the way there and we wanna really avoid that. So strengthening is an integral part of this and we need to do it safely and effectively. Um, we've already mentioned that relief days, do you do not need uh, rest days when you're talking about the relief uh, phase and relief and skill-based exercises, but what if you have a flare-up? What happens there? Well, sometimes it is actually appropriate uh, to have those rest days when we're talking about flare-up. And a rest day for us and for you should mean going back to those relief-based 
exercises if it's caused by a flare-up. So let's suppose you're halfway through phase two, you started doing some strengthening exercises, but you had to run for the bus Tuesday afternoon and your back's flared up a little bit. There is absolutely no shame taking a rest day and taking a step back down and doing a day or two days of just a phase one relief-based exercises to really help your body go back through that the, the, the lumbar decompression towel exercise, getting some ice on there and doing some hip stretches to make sure those hips are nice and mobile to just settle things down after an unfortunate event. Remember, when it comes to back pain, we can't put you guys in a test tube. We can't remove all the external stresses and strains that happen to us on a daily basis that are part of just daily living. It's not like an ankle or a wrist where we can put a cast on it and protect it from any further damage. Our back is used every day, whether we like it or not. So flare-ups do happen along the way, and it's important to not let it get you down too much, just take a step back, go back down to what we call phase one, which is those relief and skill-based exercises for a day or so, and then move back up to wherever you were. Maybe you're in phase two, which is those simplistic strengthening exercises. Or maybe you've moved into phase three and you're using, starting to use resistance, using uh, resistance bands to, to enhance your workouts, to enhance the effectiveness of your rehabilitation on building those back muscles and those core muscles. Maybe you're at that stage. There's absolutely no issue with dropping down to phase one for a few days and then going back into your routine. Now, when we're talking about phase two, phase two is the introduction of certain exercises. This might be some light squats. It might be other simplistic exercises like the dead bug variations that we talk about. Those are there to start to stimulate your core muscles in a safe and effective way to start to build a little bit of strength and stability to provide protection for that back in the long term. And this is where we're making reasonable, realistic, long-term change. Now, in the early parts of phase two, it may be necessary to have what you call a rest day or an alternating day as we're moving into, into that phase two for the first week or so. And what works for a lot of people is that they maybe do one day where they're doing the strengthening routine and one day where they're doing what we call phase one, which is a relief-based routine. And then the next day they go back up to phase two. That can be a nice way of introducing the new uh, phase to the new strengthening exercises. But invariably that's only really relevant for a week or so max as we start to get into it because the phase two routine itself will not really be more demanding physically uh, on you than the normal acts of daily living, emptying the dishwasher, going up and down the stairs three or four times a day, you know, uh, taking the dog out for a, a short walk or doing other activities around the house. The phase two is just a little bit more focused, but it's not overall that much more uh, demanding on you. So the need for rest stays in this phase, once you've got around the technique and you're doing them well, is really much, much less. And most people should manage to be able to go through here for the 28 days or maybe a little bit longer depending on the speed at which you progress, building up those muscles, building a little bit of progress in the strengthening phase and not really needing a rest day. But again, we're all individuals and some of us will find that actually things start to peak if you're pushing the boat, you're pushing it pretty hard with those exercises. Maybe you're going up to uh, four sets of 10 or, or up from, from four sets of 10 to five sets of 10 on all of the exercises. You might actually benefit from a day where we just knock it down and there's two ways of doing this. If you've just moved up to four sets of 10, let's suppose from three sets of 10 on your strengthening exercises in phase two, you might find that a rest day for you might be just a slightly easier day. It might be going back down to three sets of 10 for a day as a rest and then going back up to four sets of 10. That can really be helpful. So rather than having a completely rest day, not doing anything uh, other than sort of simplistic phase one routines, 
we could find that a rest day for you as as you go through the strengthening process might be just a slightly easier day at what we call active recovery. You're still practicing the technique, but you're doing it at a slightly lower intensity. That can be a really nice way of just backing off and giving your body that extra time. Now, why are we using the rest days in this second phase and more importantly in the third phase? Because it's important to note that the, the training, the exercises, the strengthening routines that you may be doing, that phase two routine where we're going through those specific strengthening exercises to improve the support for your back, you're not actually making any change there. It's outside of that. It's the, the sleeping, the good quality sleep you're going to get at night or the, uh, the, the good nutrition that you're getting the rest of the day and the, and the rest. That's when our body is recovering and rebuilding stronger. It's not actually during that workout. The workout creates the stimulation that we're doing in the phase two to actually then allow our body to start to respond to that stimulation and grow and build back stronger. So that's very important. Sometimes we get people that go the opposite of a rest day and they do two or three workouts in one day and that is not helpful at this stage of, of recovery. We really don't want to be doing those. That's going to really lead to overworking and actually you're not going to be recovering between sessions. So sometimes it is necessary to have a small drop down. Maybe once every couple of weeks you might find having that extra little day where we just go back to phase one or we lower the intensity slightly can help give us the respite we need to continue that recovery process so a very very good one i've also mentioned up here adding in hobbies and daily activities and it's important to recognize that if you've been doing the phase two for the last let's say three weeks you've been doing your strengthening program you're doing really well and you say do you know what i'm gonna have a rest day i'm gonna have uh, take it easy tomorrow and then you end up spending that whole day it's a lovely day and you go and spend the afternoon in the garden when you wouldn't ordinarily do that. It's important to recognize that that doesn't count as a rest day. That is not a rest day. That is just different stress, different strain on our body compared to the strengthening exercise. It might be that you decided to go for a walk on the beach. That would not be a rest day. That would be a different form of exercise, a different form of activity and a different form of stress and strain on our bodies, which may result in a little bit of a kickback, a little bit of irritation. But that's not the rest day because when our body is not recovering, is not being given that rest and respite that it needs on those particular days. So it's okay to do that. There's no issue with those sorts of things. Things happen and we want to do things. We want to take advantage of some lovely weather in the, in the uh, garden or at the allotment. Or we want to take the advantage of some lovely weather, go to the beach or go for a walk in the country. Whatever it may be for you, that's completely okay. But don't think of that as a rest day. That is just another day of working out. So very, very important distinction there. Now, we can really start to incorporate uh, rest days as we go through the recovery process and we get into what we call phase three. Once you've been doing the phase three type exercises, this is using resistance. This is doing more of a quote unquote workout. We're actually really starting to, uh, to, to use resistance bands and doing some more slightly more complicated exercises to really challenge ourselves, build up a sweat, really get that workout going and adding resistance to make sure we're able to continue to challenge those muscles. This progression is really important. But once we've been doing phase three sort of exercises for about a month or so, it can actually start to become more helpful to every now and then periodically add in those rest days because those do help us continue to make that improvement to continue to make that progress and that might mean that a, a month on we're maybe doing uh, five days of working out every, every day uh, and then two days in the week we have as quote-unquote rest days where we just go through phase one or we do a slightly lower intensity day that can really really help because all of these routines that we recommend in the back in shape they tend to be around about 20 to 30 minute routines max so they're not going to be one hour workouts they're not going to be 
killing you in that manner. They are going to be reasonable workouts that are very timely and don't take up too much time. Apart from maybe when you're learning them, they might take a little bit longer, maybe 40 minutes, 45 minutes an hour, if you're learning the technique, which is completely okay. But once you're at the phase three level, Really, the routines themselves should be very simple. They should be, you should be able to get through them in a nice, timely manner. So employing those rest days in that latter stage of phase three can really help just enhance recovery. It means you can push it harder on those workout days and have a little bit of rest, but we should always be doing something to help us. And that can mean quite often those relief-based exercises, all that stretching, because as we go into the latter stages, we're doing putting a little bit more demand on our body and a little bit more care needs to be taken on those muscles, particularly the hips, because as they get more demand, they're gonna tighten up between workouts and we wanna keep them nice and supple because we know that if we don't allow our muscles to stay nice and supple in the legs, then they will influence the lower back and the back is gonna to have to start to do a little bit more work. So that's pretty much taking you all the way from back pain all the way through your rehab to doing proper workouts at home in what we'd call the phase three routine. In the early days, just to recap, we don't need any rest days when we're doing relief-based workouts or skill-based workouts because they're not demanding enough for us to require that. And to be honest, doing them a little bit more can actually be helpful in certain cases to reduce inflammation, reduce stress on the injured tissues and get our bodies healing faster. In what we call phase two, which is the early stages of that rehabilitation, the, the, the careful incorporation of rest days to get into that routine, maybe alternating one day on, one day off of rest day and strengthening, can be necessary to just ease us into that strengthening phase. And then as we go through there, maybe every week or every two weeks or every three weeks, it might be prudent for us to either drop the intensity slightly or have that what we call phase one day where we're just giving ourselves a rest day for a day or so where we just do the phase one routine and then get back into it. And then when we get into phase three, the same kind of applies for the early parts of phase three. But once we are really getting on with those routines, those workouts, and we're having a good time with the resistance bands and really adding on resistance and adding on those reps up to five sets of 15, for example, we've got a nice solid routine. And there we can really work that routine in the 20 to 30 minutes it takes us four or five days a week. And the other two days we can re we can reserve for maybe some additional stretching work just to make sure we're taking the stress off those hip muscles to make sure that they are nice and supple so the back doesn't get irritated in the long term because quite often as people start to enjoy their workouts the stretching kind of goes a little bit and we see this with patients once they've been through the rehab process and they're back in the gym doing things they want to do or doing their workouts at home they often find we often find that they stop doing their stretching because they enjoy the workouts more so please don't neglect those they can really be helpful in the latter stages of recovery when you're doing what we would really consider as sort of a maintenance or continued maintenance to, to keep progressing our rehab so that's pretty much it we're going to q a okay brilliant good morning everybody yes please do continue popping your questions in the comments below uh, just quickly before we get into them with the phase one would you mind just telling everybody who it's suitable for, what sort of conditions, yep. um, and how you sign up, because it is a free service that we have put together for the public, so anybody could do it. Yep. Um, yeah, if you could just go into Yeah, so the, the, the phase one routine is uh, on backinshapeapp.com, uh, on the website, it is not an app, it's on the backinshapeapp.com website. There'll be a link under here somewhere, um, which you can click to, 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 to join there. Um, it consists of uh, a number of exercises and stretches that are designed to take stress off your spine, that are designed to help unload the, the compression that goes through the spine, 
a few other little practices that help reduce inflammation and also keep our hips nice and mobile. And that is basically for anyone with back pain, whether it's something like a spondylolisthesis, a spondylosis, a disc degeneration, bulging disc, herniated discs, whatever it is. If it's an in injury or an issue that affects that lower lumbar spine, L3, 4, 4, 5, 5, S1, then that is going to be a helpful process for you. And one of the big things about that that's really, really important is the education side of things because there are a number of exercises that are routinely recommended for people with these sorts of back injuries that are not particularly helpful when you really dissect what is going on and why is it going on. So things like knee hugs, etc. We talk a little bit about why those aren't going to be good exercises to help you understand why they might feel good at the time, but are not really helping the recovery process. So it's it's free, it's been free since the start of since mid-March. Um, just as a way of helping you wherever you are in the world, in the UK or elsewhere, uh, help you sort of reduce your back pain from home and at least get some help immediately rather than having to wait for ages and, 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 and not really knowing what to do because early intervention really makes a massive difference when it comes to back pain. Okay, brilliant. I've just put the link in there. So if anybody does want to sign up, please go ahead. You mm -hmm. just need to create a password and then you're into your dashboard. Um, yep. Veronica has asked here, after digging potatoes up on Saturday and carrying a very heavy bag on a 40 minute walk home, I've noticed a slight pull in my neck and side today. I did four by 10 phase two this morning. That's, right. um, That's and good. It, and it didn't seem to be a problem. Um, should I go back to phase one today, even though I was fine whilst doing my exercises earlier, my lower back actually feels fine. Brilliant. What I would do, uh, that's, a, that's a really good point there on the topic of gardening because, you know, digging up those potatoes, carrying them home, etc., is going to be a challenge. Uh, it's a different kind of challenge as well. Um, if you've been going well with the phase two work, then that's great, but that does pose a different challenge. One thing that's really, really important is we always have that towel exercise in the ice. So whenever we do anything a little bit different, when we know it's a little bit out of the ordinary, as soon as we get in, we want to get on that towel, we want to get that ice on the lower back, just as a make, uh, sort of keep safe. We want to make sure there's no excessive reaction to what we've done. It's always better to do that immediately rather than leave it to the next day to see how it's going. Now on the topic of doing the phase two versus phase one, it sounds like everything's fine, so I would continue with phase two. But what I would suggest is that the carrying of the sack is going to put a bit of tr stress through your trapezes, which is going to take put a bit of compression through the neck. So I know Veronica, you're in the, the premium membership, so actually have a look on the Facebook group. Um, I know there was a video, a short series of uh, little exercises for the neck. It might actually be prudent to just go through that, which is the band exercise for the neck a little bit, and that towel in the base of the neck to support the neck curve. That'll just take a bit of pressure off these this lot up here, which is maybe a little bit aggravated from carrying the potatoes on the way home. So that'd be a nice little one. Maybe do that for two or three days. It's about a 15-minute routine, but that can really help, um, and there's no need to kind of consider that in the context of the lower back. That should do the job. Awesome. Brilliant to hear that your lower back feels fine after a 40 yeah. minute walk back home. To yeah, good work. That's awesome. Um, for those that are in phase one, um, mm. how do you recommend they move into phase two, i.e. the combo, yeah. and when should they move into phase so two? So we kind of touched on that um, a little bit earlier. So the, a good way, if you're a little bit of a nervous person, maybe you're, you're not sure, you because a lot of times people go into rehab and then they get injured because they maybe do the wrong stuff or not with the right technique. Technique is a really important part. Just because you may have done the right exercise with the wrong technique and that's a problem. Don't let that put you off doing the exercises in the future. We just need to know. That's really important. But if you're moving into phase, if you're thinking about moving into phase one, or maybe if you're not, a good indicator of that you're ready to do that is if you're able to walk about 10 to 15 minutes, even if it's a bit of pain, if you're able to be mobile and around the house and move stuff, even if you're not in pain, even if you are in pain, it's worth moving into phase two because the only way we're going to start to protect our body more is if we can get a bit of strengthening done. And 
that is sometimes it's necessary to make that step while you're still in a bit of pain because at the end of the day doing some safe correct um sort of expert driven and guided exercises is infinitely better than going up and down the stairs on your own or, go, or going and emptying the dishwasher and doing those sorts of things. The reality is a lot of times people say, oh, I don't know, I'm not ready yet, I'm not ready yet. But they're, at the same time, they're you know doing the cooking, they're doing the cleaning, they're doing those other things in pain, but they don't feel comfortable yet enough to do exercises. And it's important to recognize that doing those exercises is infinitely safer for you than doing the hoovering or doing those other tasks that you have to do at home. So if you're willing to do those, you may as well do the exercises at the same time. That's really important. A nice way of getting into them is like I mentioned earlier, maybe you do one day where you do the phase two exercises and then the next day where you do phase one, phase one, phase one. That's morning, middle of the day, afternoon of the day. And then the next day you do phase one in the morning, phase two in the middle of the day, and then phase one in the afternoon again. And we progress on in that vein, we progress on in that way until we're able to then start doing phase two every day with those phase one routines. But don't let the presence of discomfort when you're doing it put you off. Maybe you can only do one or two reps Maybe you can only get into the starting position for some of the exercises. It's better to make a start at the start and go where you can rather than say, well, I can't do three sets of 10. I'm not going to do anything. Three sets of one may be where you start. And if at the end of the week you're able to do three sets of two, you've made 100% improvement. Now that doesn't continue on a week by week basis, but it's worth starting out because the sooner you start, the sooner you get going. Okay. That's awesome. really, really important because a lot of people get put off. Yes. Um, Joe's asked here, uh, if you're able to do the phase two exercises, but there is still pain, do you recommend taking painkillers before uh, before to help you get through the workouts? No, I probably wouldn't take painkillers beforehand because there is likely to be indications or instances where you're doing the exercises slightly wrong and you need to get that feedback. You need to know, hey, I didn't do that quite right and I'm, I'm in a little bit of pain for it. You've got the ice and the towel, etc., to use afterwards, but that is um, really you know, the, the best way to go forwards. It, 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 avoiding those painkillers, if possible, is really going to be a better option because that way you're feeling what your body's doing. Really important. Brilliant. Uh, Veronica just said, thank you so much. I did use the towel and the ice straight away as soon as I got home and Good noticed work. that it helped. Yeah, it, all, it always does. Because um, you might, you might have, have had a little bit of tension when you got home, but you think, oh, it's not bad. It's just a bit of tension. But actually um, doing it anyway is really helpful. Brilliant. Um, Ollie has asked here if someone is fasting, uh, would they take longer to heal because there's less fuel for the body? Um, so if we're thinking of sort of the religious fasting side of things, then I would suggest that generally speaking, I think those fasts are going to be broken in the evening. So you're probably still getting a good amount of food. We're just going through a long period of during the day, maybe 12, 16 hours, which would be the same as a, an intermittent fasting style. So as long as we're getting the nutrition, we need to evaluate, are we in a calorific de deficit, a significant calorific deficit? And are we getting good nutritious food on when we are eating outside of the fast? If the answer to that is yes, then there's not really too much in the way of consideration, but you may find working out at different times during that fast is better or worse for you. Maybe earlier on in the fast when you've got a bit more energy, um, but equally, sometimes you might find it better to work out towards the back end. That's kind of up to you. If we're just doing fasting, maybe we're doing a one or two day fast for whatever purposes that may be, then in that case, it may be a good idea to just ease off the intensity. Maybe you drop down from five sets down to three sets or something like that. That might be a more appropriate um, uh, ad adaption while you are in that stage because you are going to be a little bit lower on res resources, on nutrients and something to consider. 
Yeah, but you just want to make sure they're getting, when you are eating, getting good quality yes. foods on board. Yeah, good quality is so important, getting the appropriate nutrition. Otherwise, we haven't got the building blocks to heal. We haven't got the building blocks to recover or rebuild. Uh, you know, we've got things like the collagen, we've got the protein, we've got all those other uh, nutrition that uh, nu- nutrients that we need to get into our body to provide the fuel to recover. Uh, and if we're not getting that, then we're going to get into a bit of trouble. And that's where you start getting into the realms of overtraining and getting injuries as a result of training too hard whilst not getting the appropriate nutrition. And, and, and that's really important to avoid. Awesome. Um, Alex Best goes on. He said, I find that doing the exercises towards the afternoon is better at avoiding pain since first thing in the morning, there is still sacral edema from overnight lying in bed. Yeah, that's yes. a really good point. Um, some people, some people really do struggle with with working out first thing in the morning because everything is just a little bit more primed, a little bit more sensitive, a little bit more vulnerable. That's why, in a lot of cases, that first injury is putting the socks on in the morning or it's bending down to have a shave. Mm-hmm. You could do that at six o'clock in the evening, but six o'clock in the morning, you're just so much more vulnerable. Everything is just it hasn't had chance to to to, to unload or to 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 ease off a little bit under the load of gravity every single day when we wake up we have more fluid in our discs and we're a little bit shorter in the evening as gravity has kind of squeezed it out so everything's a little bit more primed especially if we have an injury down there in the lower back so for a lot of people working out later on in the day can prove better that being said we've got other members in the back in shape that actually find working out earlier on in the day you know middle of the morning 10 11 o'clock actually works a lot better for them because of the fatigue of, of being upright all day starts to lead to issues as well so it's all about finding what the right time for you is and why and trying to explore that so you better understand your own body is is really an important endeavor brilliant um karen has asked here are there any recommendations you have for getting better quality sleep yeah i think we need to do a live stream on this particular topic i think it came up last week but there's a number of things that we can do for better quality sleep this use of smartphones it's the supplements things like magnesium etc um you know which are really inexpensive um you've got uh the use of blue light glasses um reading in bed i think it's a yeah we could probably cover this on on friday because it's a really interesting topic there's lots to it and and the thing is with sleep it's so important for your testosterone levels as a man and as a woman it's so important for your general recovery and obviously that pain can be a issue there pain can be something that wakes you and i know a lot of people with back pain it is a factor but equally there's a good number of people that don't have issues with back pain waking them but they just don't sleep very well and if we're up until 11 12 o'clock at night on our smartphone with blue light blasting in our eyes we're not going to get that secretion of, of, of the necessary hormones in order to allow us to shut down and go into that rest and recovery mode so really really important topic sleep is underrated but it really is important and that doesn't mean you sleep all day that means the right sleep at the right time with the right consistency and that should do wonders for everything okay awesome yes we'll cover that on friday because friday yep. was the tbc okay brilliant i think awesome. that's everything for today thank you everyone for your questions well thank you everyone for joining us on today's live stream uh, hopefully you guys found it helpful if you are new to the channel please do consider subscribing and if you do find these live streams useful maybe they give you an opportunity for a little bit more support then make sure you hit that notification bell so you know when we go live and if you know someone else else that is struggling with their back pain then please do share these videos with them hopefully it'll help them help themselves with their back pain because that's really really important there is lots of information out there it can be confusing at times and hopefully on these live streams we do a reasonable job of explaining to you why we recommend what we recommend so you can better understand rather than just saying do this because i said so so hopefully it's been helpful hopefully you guys have a great afternoon and we will see you all tomorrow with another live stream and q a